0: Well, I want to talk to you today. How many of you would like a formula for being happier than you are even right now? Huh? How many of you would like a formula for being healthier than you are right now? How many of you would like to strengthen the relationships that you have? Well, I want to talk about how to do that today. And believe it or not, it's a perfect time of year to talk about it because all of those things can be strengthened through the power of Thanksgiving. We're here at the Thanksgiving season. Thanksgiving's just a couple of weeks away. And so I really wanted to, to kind of look at this because Thanksgiving, gratefulness, gratitude, appreciation is so important to every one of us. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, Paul is inspired to write, in everything, give thanks. Say that with me. In everything, give thanks. Now, it's easy to give thanks when things happen that are good, right? Man, when we're on the mountaintop, oh, it's easy to give thanks. But not so much when things are going difficult. But Scripture says, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for your life. Now what's amazing is what God has said through the Old Testament, through the New Testament, about the power of thanksgiving, modern science is just catching up with that. In fact, researchers have developed some frameworks for conceptualizing gratitude so that it can be studied scientifically. Berkeley, you know, they're, they're trying to figure this gratitude thing out. For example, psychologist Robert Emmons and Michael McAuliffe define gratitude as a two-step process. So when we're expressing gratitude, two things are going on. The first thing is we're recognizing that something positive is happening in our life. You know, it's so easy to go through life looking at only the negative. And sometimes we get into those ruts when that's exactly what we're doing. We have some challenges and man, we are just tunnel vision. We've got the blinders on and that is all we're looking at. That's all we're thinking about while ignoring so much good that's happening around all of that. And so one thing that gratitude do is it helps us to focus that, hey, you know, there's some good things going on in my life. There's some positive things. The second thing is it helps us to recognize that there's an external source for this positive outcome that we're experiencing. In other words, that's just not all about me, but actually a lot of the good comes from me comes from external sources. And of course, we who are believers know that the greatest of those external sources is God, right? And so these these psychologists are saying, hey, you know what we found? We found that when you're expressing gratitude... Here's two healthy things happen. And I think God knew that before we've discovered it. And that's why I said give thanks in everything, in everything. Now, why is giving thanks so important? Why does God say that? Because he understands that God knows that gratitude benefits others. We get that when we're grateful to others. But you know who else it benefits? It benefits us. And that's what I want to kind of focus in on today. I want to focus in on how it benefits us, how we can increase and be better than where we're at right now, just from the power of thanksgiving in our life. The first way that it positively impacts us is it impacts our happiness. I mean, anybody overly happy and you can't take any more happiness? I don't think so, right? We all can be a little bit happy, even when we're happy. We'd like to get a little happier. Well, do you know that Thanksgiving has the power to make you happier than even you are right now? Psalm 717, David, the great king of Israel, is writing this psalm. And he says, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness and will sing to the name of the Lord most high. I mean, can't you just see David is pumped. He's, I'm gonna give thanks to the Lord. I'm gonna praise the Lord most high. Now, we might be tempted to believe that David is saying this because something really good has just happened in his life. But if we back up to the first verse of this psalm, we find out it's the exact opposite. In verse 1 of Psalm chapter 7, David says, Oh, Lord, my God, I will take what? Refuge in me. He says, Save and deliver me from all who pursue me, or they will tear me like a lion. They will rip me in pieces with no one to help me. See, that's where David starts his whole psalm off. He's literally facing a life and death situation. He is crying out to God from the depths of his soul. He's saying, oh, God, help me. God, rescue me. God, people are trying to destroy me. They're going to rip me to pieces, God. And yet, by the end of this very short psalm, David's saying, I will give thanks to the Lord i praise his name. Now, what happened between verses 1 and 2 and verse 17? Well, if you would look at the psalm, what David starts doing is thanking the Lord. He starts thanking the Lord, recognizing that even in this situation, there's good. Even in this situation, God is, is with him. It's the same author who wrote in Psalm 23, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? You're with me, God. Thank you for that. Thank you that you're always with me. See, it increases our happiness. Dr. Martin Seligman of the University of Pennsylvania, he ran a test on this. And he tested the impact of various positive psychology interventions. Now, what that means, he's looking at different tools, resources that psychologists use to try to help people who are depressed, try to help people who are unhappy, to be happier. And so here's what he does. He says, subjects, he's got two groups now, as, as they usually do. He says, subjects in his research had to write and personally deliver a letter of gratitude to someone who had never been properly thanked for his or her kindness. In other words, he took one of the groups and he says, here's what I want you to do. Each one of you are going to write a letter of thank a thank you letter, expressing your gratitude to somebody who you should have thanked in the past, but for whatever reason you didn't. He says, write that letter. Now, here's the results. He said, participants immediately, get that, immediately displayed a huge increase in their happiness scores compared to the group who was in the study that did not write the letter. This impact, he says, was greater than that from any other intervention with benefits lasting up to a month. In other words, he said this. What we found out was just this simple act of writing a thank you letter, writing a letter of gratitude, was more... Impactful in raising the happiness scores of the test group than any other psychological intervention that we could come up with. And he said, and the effects of this happiness weren't just temporary, but they lasted from this one exercise of gratitude lasted up to a month. See, because thankfulness increases our happiness. And maybe right now you're kind of in one of those those funks in life, when you just haven't been happy, and and in fact, you've been really unhappy. And you're trying to, how do I break out of this? I don't want to feel this way anymore. Well, what God says in the Bible, and what the mental health community says, from all the research done, one of the surest ways that you can increase your level of happiness is to embrace being thankful. Embrace being thankful. It also, then, improves our health. Not only does it improve our happiness, it improves our health. And these two are connected, by the way, as you're going to see here in a second. Positive psychology today, another study. China and Steptoe conducted a meta-analysis on 35 longitudinal studies. Now, let me stop there to help you out. Because you're looking at thinking, you oh, What? If you're not familiar with quantitative or qualitative research, you don't understand what they're saying there. Basically, what they're saying is they took 35 studies. Now, those 35 studies could have been 35 individuals, or they might be 35 case studies. They're probably 35 case studies groups of people that they tried this on. Now, a longitudinal study is a study that that takes place over a long period of time. In other words, they take a test group of people or a person— And they study an impact of some stimulus in their life, not just then, kind of like we we saw with the letter, the one letter, increased happiness. But this is over a long period of time. They watch them for several years and they track how how all this is tracking with them. So this is the kind of studies we're looking at now. We're looking at long-term studies. He says, the researchers found that happiness positively affects what? Longevity. Longevity of what? Longevity of life on how long you live. He says, these positive effects include a more positive psychological well-being and a lower mortality rate for everyone whether they were healthy or sick when the whole thing started. Now, that's happiness produces longevity, but what produces the happiness again? They go on to say, well, there are different causes of happiness. They concluded one way for sure to bring about more happiness is gratitude. And when I bring more gratitude, then I what? I increase my health. WebMD.com says, Grateful people, those who perceive gratitude as a permanent trait rather than a temporary state of mind, have an edge on the not so grateful when it comes to their health. Now, there's an important statement there. It says, those who perceive gratitude as a what kind of trait? A permanent trait. In other words, not that those who have gratified on Thanksgiving Day, okay? It takes a little bit more than that. It's embracing a new lifestyle of thanksgiving, a new lifestyle of gratitude. I love Charles Dickens. You know, he's that great 19th century novelist. We're going to see a lot of Charles Dickens, one of his most popular stories, A Christmas Carol, right? And we're going to see the 29 renditions of it over the Christmas season, you know, probably starting now. But anyhow, he said this, he said, of Thanksgiving Day. He said, you know what, we should do away with Thanksgiving Day. He said, what we ought to do is we ought to celebrate Thanksgiving 364 days a year and then take one, a year, one day a year and just complain. You know, burn the turkey, you know, do it all and just sit around that one day and just let it out. There's a lot of wisdom to that. See, in the Bible even says that and science is proving that to be true. It's a stress buster. How many love just to be under stress? You can't wait till you're under stress again. Stress is painful, isn't it? It robs us of our sleep. We're staring at the ceiling, we can't fall asleep, we're not hungry, we don't wanna eat. And it has been medically proven that stress can, can really negatively impact our health. It can cause ulcers, it, it, it can cause high blood pressure, it can cause heart disease. They've even studied and said it can even cause cancer. That's how damaging stress is. Well, gratitude research is beginning to suggest that feelings of thankfulness have tremendous, look what they say, now this this isn't the Bible speaking, tremendous positive value in helping people cope with daily problems, especially stress, especially stress. How about that? Do you know that you can have less stress in your life by just exhibiting more thankfulness, by being a more thankful person? It's also an immune buster or booster. Grateful people tend to be more optimistic, a characteristic that researchers say boost the immune system. Do you realize that just being thankful can help you not to catch as many colds, help you not to have high blood pressure, not to help, help you with all these, these digestive disorders. It can boost your immune system so that you resist disease and illness more naturally. Research has shown that an attitude of gratitude helps the heart to be healthier, and that people who live with an attitude of gratitude have less health conditions. And even those who have had a heart attack Studies show, but as a result of the heart attack and surviving the heart attack, they've come back and developed a whole new appreciation for life, that they've had far fewer reoccurrences of heart issues than those who have not. It improves our health. So right now, we could leave there, right now, we could leave today and say, wow, if I'm just more grateful... I'm going to increase my happiness. I'm going to increase my health. That'd be worth it just for those two. I'm going to give you a couple more because I love you. You know, it also strengthens our relationships. Gratitude strengthens our relationships. Do you remember how Paul, you remember Paul is the, uh, the great apostle Paul, the convert to Christianity, rode to Damascus. He's, the one God used to write two-thirds of what we now know to be our New Testament. All these letters. We we would cruise through Colossians. He wrote that. Do you know how he started most of his New Testament letters? Let me show you. So he writes to the Romans. Romans chapter 1, verse 8. Most theological book in all the Bible. I mean, he's laying out Christian theology. But he says, first, before I give you all this theology about Christianity that I'm going to give you, first, I thank my God for all of you. He said, I'm just so thankful for you, Romans. First Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4. To the church at Corinth, I always thank God for you. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 16. To the church at Ephesus, I have not stopped giving thanks for you. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3. To the church of Philippi, Philippi I thank my God every single time I remember you, I think of you, I thank God for you. See, Paul wanted the people he had interacted with and the people that he had planted churches with and the people he was trying to disciple in Christ above everything else, whether it was theology, whether it was rebuking them for getting kind of off path, no matter what the intent of the letter, the first thing, the most important thing to Paul is to tell people how thankful he was for them. See, because that strengthened his relationship. When they knew that he was thankful for them, when they, he, they knew that he loved them, then their minds, their hearts, their lives were opened to his message. It strengthens our relationships. Harvard Medical School did some studies. And they, couples found that, that individuals who took time to express gratitude for their partner not only felt more positive toward each the other person, but also felt more comfortable expressing concerns about the relationship. Now, let me dissect that thought for you for a minute. What Harvard discovered is that couples who routinely, again, not once in a while, not on birthdays, not on Christmas, but routinely thanked each other, they saw more value in their partner. They had less problems in their their relationship. They felt closer to that person. And that just makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it's so easy, and it doesn't take a whole long time after getting married to, to, to kind of, you know, we're, we're in love, and each person is perfect going into the marriage, and then shortly thereafter we find out that we're really human beings with a lot of little flaws and eccentricities and stuff like that, you know, and those little eccentricities can really start grating on us, right? It strengthens our relationships. It also enhances our witness now you might not think about this you might not think about this but enhances our witness now this isn't important to us it should be but it's not as important to us it is just to God remember that when we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior what happens instantly when we trust Christ is we are indwelt by the Holy Spirit and we're adopted into God's family John 1 12 Yet to as many as received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Now, as his family members, we have a lot of perks. We have a lot of benefits. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Every good gift comes down from the Father of lights above. We have eternal life. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil for you. I mean, there's so many perks, right? It's good to be a Christian. How many agree it's good to be a Christian, right? Better than being a lost person? But there's responsibilities too. It's not just all perks, there's responsibilities as a family member. In fact, do you realize the very last words Jesus spoke after his resurrection before ascending up to heaven are recorded in Acts 1.8. And he says this, you will be my what? My witnesses. My witnesses. What does that mean? It means because you're a family member now, You will be a person who tells other people that I love them and I don't hate them and I don't want to punish them, but that I love them and I love them so much that I sent my son to die on the cross for their sins and whoever believes in him will never perish but have eternal life. He wants every human being on planet earth to know that. And that happens through us. Proverbs 11.30 says, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. What does that mean? That means the fruit of being a Christian Of trusting Christ, being adopted in God's family is eternal life. It's a tree of life. Now look what he says. And he who wins souls is wise. Let me tell you, the most important investment that I can make, that you can make, that any of us can make after we trust Jesus Christ as our Savior is helping other people come to faith in Jesus Christ. That's the wisest use of our time. It's the wisest use of our resources. It's the wisest use of our relationships is trying to bring others to faith in Jesus Christ. Now, Peter says in his letter, his first New Testament letter, in chapter 2, verse 12, live such good lives among the pagans that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Now, what Peter is alluding to in a lot of different ways, but let me tie it into what we're talking about today in this idea of an attitude of gratitude, being thankful. Most in the world, most in our culture, are me-focused, right? Right? They're not gratitude focused. How many times do people sincerely say thank you? You know, kind of, we live in a world today where don't tell me what you did for me yesterday, what are you doing for me today? Right? And so, when we, as the children of Jesus Christ, express thankfulness, not only are we more happy, not only are we more healthy, not only are our, strength, our relationships strengthened with those who we love but our relationships and our witness are strengthened with those we want to draw to Christ. Because we live in a thankless world and when we become a thankless people and people see that because of our thanksgiving we're happier and we're healthier and our relationships are stronger. They want want what we want, what we have and that is Jesus Christ. It strengthens our witness. Living a life of thankfulness will attract the lost to Christ. And scripture says nothing is a bigger investment of our time, our talents, and everything we do than bringing people to Christ because he who wins souls, she who is a part of winning souls to Christ is wise beyond any other. And finally, thanksgiving enriches our walk with God. I periodically... Stop and think about my walk with God. Where is my walk with God? Where do I want my walk with God to be? First Thessalonians 5.18 says, In everything give thanks. Then, then look at the second part of it. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You ever think, man, I wonder what God, God, what's your will for my life? What's your will? I want to find your will. You know, we're dating. I want to find that perfect will, that perfect person for me that doesn't exist. God doesn't have that one person that you've got to find on the planet Earth. You know, there's a lot of people that can fill that bill. But what's your will, God? Well, the will of God is for us to be thankful. And when we are thankful, God is so pleased by that. God is so honored by that. Someone, an anonymous person, once wrote, God lives in two places. He lives in heaven. We get that, but you know where else He lives? He lives in a humble, grateful heart. That's where God is. Jesus one day was heading up to Jerusalem, as is recorded in Luke chapter seventeen, beginning in verse eleven. It said he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy met them. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. Now, let me give you the context. Leprosy is a horrible disease. It's a horrible disease today. And it was a horrible disease back in Jesus' day. But there was a big difference between people who contract leprosy today and people who contracted leprosy in Jesus' day. In Jesus' day... If you contracted the disease of leprosy, which if you're not familiar with it, it's a disease that literally your flesh rots off of you. People immediately ascribe that to being cursed by God because of your sin. In other words, if you got leprosy, it's because God has cursed you because you committed some horrible sin. So with that stigma on them, They also became social outcasts. They could not live among healthy people any longer. And in fact, when they were walking down the road and they saw a healthy person coming from the opposite direction, they had to stop and they had to yell to the person, unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean, so that the healthy person knew not to get anywhere near them. They were totally ostracized, totally isolated. They formed bands just trying to survive. And so 10 of these guys who had formed a band trying to survive see Jesus coming down the road in the opposite direction. It says at a long distance, they did what they were required to do by law. But instead of yelling out, unclean, unclean, they yelled, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. They knew who Jesus was and they knew what Jesus could do. So it says when Jesus saw them, he said, Go show yourself to the priests. As they went, they were cleansed. Now, that's kind of a strange thing to say if you don't know the custom of the day. Under the Hebrew law, the religious, the Mosaic law, the only person who had the authority to readmit somebody with some terrible disease, and leprosy would fall under that category, the only one that had the authority to allow them back into normal society was a priest. They had to go to the priest, and the priest would do a complete body inspection of the person to make sure there was no trace of any illness in the person. Then they would ceremonially cleanse the person and then make a declaration that this person is now legally fit to go back into society among his friends and his family and have business and relationships. So Jesus said, they said, have pity on us. And Jesus said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they left, they were healed. Now, now look what happens. It says, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. It says, and he was a Samaritan. Now Jesus throws that into the story because Jews hated Samaritans. Samaritans by the they were considered half-breeds. They had intermarried with Gentiles. And, they weren't Orthodox. They weren't pure Jews. And so they, they, they hated them. He says, this one guy comes back. Can't, can't, can't you vision that scene? I, I got to believe this guy's weeping. He's crying. He's thank you, Jesus. I mean, his whole life has been changed. Now, look what Jesus says. He says, wait a minute. He said, back the bus up. Didn't I just heal 10? Weren't there 10 of you guys? He said, Where are the other guys? Where's the other nine? Now, Jesus' reaction speaks volumes to us today. I can go on and on and on about it, but I don't have time. So let me just give you the Reader's Digest version. What Jesus is saying is, you know what? God takes notice of our thankfulness. He takes notice of it. He sees when it's there, and he sees when it's not there. See, it's so easy for we, even believers, to go through life just taken from God. God, I need this. God, help me from this. God, save me from this. God, do this. God, this. And then when he does it, got it. and we don't go back and thank him. Well, this story Jesus shares with us is to illustrate that he takes notice of that. But when we do thank him, it has the opposite effect. He he didn't deride this guy. I'm sure he was honored by this man's humility and this man's gratefulness. And every time we say thank you, God, thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you're doing right now. And you know what? We can even thank God for the things He's going to do that He hasn't done yet because we know He's going to do them. We sang about it here, right? He'll do it again. And it honors God. There's great power in thanksgiving, it increases our happiness. Want to be a little bit more happy? Be more thankful. It improves our health. Want to live longer? Be a grateful person, not just on Thanksgiving. Want stronger relationships? Healthier relationships? The power of Thanksgiving. Want to enhance your witness? You want to be more effective and impactful in drawing people to Christ? Show them how thankful you are. And they'll want a piece of that action. Do you want God to know that you honor him, that you love him? Express your thanks to him. Professor Sonia Leombomirsky from University of California said this about the power of thanksgiving. It doesn't really work, read it with me, if you only do it once a year. Let's read that again. It really doesn't work if you only do it once a year. We're coming up on Thanksgiving Day. But let's not fall into that. Let's not be let's let's do the Charles Dickens thing. Let's do the 364 days of Thanksgiving. To God, to others, because it's going to come back to us. It's what God wants. Let's bow our heads.